people with such a limited time to enjoy your watercraft, don't waste any of it worrying about how to protect your property in the event of an accident or theft. Let Wyatt Dowling ensure you are properly covered and leave your worries at the door. Allpointinsurance.ca. Please go there and uh, get your boat, get your watercraft covered. Uh, claims paid without depreciation, all risk, agreed value protection, uh, three-year new model replacement, water ski, wakeboard liability, and all that. Winterization and freezing as well, which is very important in this time of year, be it December. Allpointinsurance.ca, people. Thanks for listening. On to the podcast. Pulp MX Network Production. Welcome to the Pulp Hockey Show with Ray Ferraro and Steve Mathis. Support the show by clicking the Amazon banner on PulpHockey.com before shopping. Follow the show on Twitter at Pulp Hockey. Subscribe on iTunes and find us on Stitcher or your favorite podcast app. Welcome, everybody, to the Pulp Hockey Podcast. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. And uh, please download on iTunes. Get it on Stitcher. Get it on pulphockey.com. And, uh, yeah, it's going well, people. Thank you for tuning in each and every week. I'm Steve Mathis with me on the line to discuss things all hockey and uh, maybe a little bit more is uh, a TSN lead color analyst and as well as uh, played in the NHL for 18 long years. Ray Ferraro. What's up, Ray? How are you? Uh, I'm good. I just uh, just got into LA uh, tonight, which is um, I'll tell you what day it is. If I knew, it's Tuesday. It's Tuesday. Right? Yeah, yep, so yep. It's Tuesday night. <laughs> so I had to put that together. So Tuesday night, uh, I got a couple of Ottawa games uh, in Anaheim and in uh, LA over the next couple of days, and um, I'm just kind of plugging along week to week. But it's all it's getting close um, for myself and Gordon Miller to. Uh, to really lock in on the World Juniors, yeah, and um, uh, I'm, I'm always thrilled when uh, when the Russians and the Czechs send out like their preliminary roster, mm-hmm. and you look at 30 names that have way too many consonants in them, <laughs> and you're like, exactly. I got a lot of work to do. <laughs> um, so that tournament starts Christmas Eve, correct? Uh, no, that's gonna that starts Boxing Day. Oh, Boxing Day. Uh, so when do you go into your mode? When do you go into like lockdown? Uh, my last game. My last game is the fifteenth of December okay. in uh, in Detroit. Yeah. But I would say probably later at the end of this week. Yeah. Um, I'll start locking down because the one thing you can't do. What I you know through experience you figure these things out. But I'm like, man, there's no point locking down a whole bunch of research on players that might not be there. Yep. Right? Yeah. you got to wait. And the problem is they can finalize the rosters uh, at uh, basically at midnight Christmas Eve or midnight Christmas Day. Yep. So, you know, just before the tournament starts. So there'll be changes to the rosters, you know, like literally that, that night, Christmas night. Like, how about that? Merry Christmas. To, right, right. To teenage kid, you know, oh, by the way, we've made a change and you're it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's tough, man. It's always – I remember they used to parade the kids out like Dan Cleary got cut yeah. one year and, 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 and they paraded him out in front of the cameras and everything. He's crying. You know, like, yeah, it's 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 a big well, deal. I, you, know? you know, I mean, who the, who's got the – you know, they, there was a lot of talk about, you know, that's not – you know, you can't do that to teenagers, but – Hell, who's who's prepared for that? No, right. Like, who's going to have the, <laughs> yeah. the whether you're a teenager or not? Who's going to have the right answer? Yeah. To hey, you just got cut. How? What do you think? Yeah. You know, there was a player, Angelo Esposito, got cut three times. Yeah. You know, and and so the the worst part about it for these kids is the ones that get to camp and then don't make it is they feel like failures. Yet they're one of the thirty best junior players in the country. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You can't think of that yeah. at that time, right? You just like I didn't make it. Yeah. And for a lot of guys, um, that's their only crash, right? Like you, mm-hmm. not you know, it's an it's an age out tournament, and so it might be your best chance to make it that one particular year, and and it's gone, and it 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 really must suck for those kids to to put that much into it because as they're dreaming about being NHL players, you know they're 
they've been watching this tournament since yeah. they're little kids. Yeah. And they're like, man, I would love to be skating out there on Boxing Day with a Canada flag on my jersey. Yeah, it's a fantastic tournament, man. It, it's great. I mean, obviously, living in the USA for so long, I don't get quite wrapped into it because we don't get all the Canadian games, right? But um, I certainly grew up with it for, for years and years and years. And, uh, yeah, it's just great. It's, it's an awesome they're, tournament. They're slowly getting it. They're starting to put more and more on yep. um, on the NHL network. And yep. As, yep. The, uh, as the American team continues to you know, to get better. I mean, the, the depth of talent these, yeah. these American kids have is is really something. And um, uh, I would say a little bit concerning to Canada, too. Yeah, yeah. You know, they, just, there was always this thought, man, you know, if the U.S. could just get 10% of, you know, more kids playing, like, just think of the just sheer volume. Yeah. And sure enough, that's happening. <laughs> that's, and then, because, you know, what do you think is going to happen in Arizona now that, Gee, this Austin Matthews guy is pretty good, right? But do you think any kids are going to start thinking about that? Of course they are. Yeah, yeah. I might, uh, I might get some heat from my fellow Canadians, but um, just like I talked about the Olympics a few weeks ago, and I'm excited for this, uh, these sort of ragtag, random guys to represent the countries. I'm excited for that uh, because I just, I found the last Olympics the Canadian team was so good and so powerful. It kind of made it a little bit boring for me. And honestly, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, and honestly, the Canadian team winning year after year, I think it was nine in a row, uh, I lost a little bit of interest. And now I'm I'm back into it. Can they do it? Can they get it back? And so for me, I love it. Like I it's it's fine for me for Canada not to win. It really is. I'm sorry, not sorry. But uh well, you know. Yeah, I'm I'm with you because I want I want the tournament to be good. Yes. You know, like when when a team, whomever it might be, is is way better than yep. everybody else. That's no good. Nope. That's just, it's no good for anybody. It's, it loses its appeal. Um, and, you know, and, and people just start, they're not going to be pumped about it. You know, yep. like they're just, they're yep. just not. They're going to go, well, yeah, well, <laughs> I'll watch when I watch. But if there's, if there is um, a challenge to the win, yep. which lately there, and when I say lately, I mean, over a, a long period of years, there is a challenge to this. Canada doesn't win anywhere near as much as people might might think yeah. anymore. They yeah. just they just don't. They've got one gold medal in the last eight years. Yeah, in this tournament, and it somehow, even when I say that, I think it's more, <laughs> yeah. but it's not. It's just one in the last eight years. Um, they've got two medals in the last five years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, these are, you know the, the Finns are good, the Swedes are good, the Russians are always a dangerous team, and the U.S. And the U.S. as we just talked about, yeah. they just keep getting better and better. And I, I would say one of the best teams I, I've done six tournaments, and one of the best teams that I've seen was the the U.S. gold medal team that uh, won in Ufa, Russia, in 2014, and they had Jacob Truba and Seth Jones and. Shane Gostisbehere and Connor Hellebuck was their goaltender. Yeah, yeah. They had this little rats flying around the ice, and I didn't know anything about them until the tournament started, and <laughs> that was Johnny Goodrow. Right. And I, and I remember people saying, this kid, I think he's going to be a, a great NHL player. And then I met him, and I'm like, how could he be an <laughs> NHL player? Yeah, you're like, what? And and then, sure enough, yeah. he's, he's a fabulous player. Yeah. Cammy will tell you about your scouting skills on smaller American players. Right. <laughs> oh yeah, she loves that. She loves that. Um, hey, we apologize for the shorter show. Uh, Ray is actually working around my schedule tonight. Uh, I'm heading to Pittsburgh in the morning, and uh, Ray's flying, and so we didn't tape our regular day. So uh, blame it on me, everybody. Um, we will. Um, all right, let's get into this. So, um, first of all, you're moving into a new house to, to get uh, to start it off off topic, and you do uh, one of your radio hits every day is uh, on uh, TSN 1050 in Toronto. Uh, I listen to most of your hits, and uh, and I try to anyways. And in the middle of the interview, you're like, the UPS driver just, just ran over a wire. I got to go. So tell yeah, us. So right. that, was, that was on Monday, and we were getting some stuff delivered that um, was on a one-ton pallet. And so it's in a big UPS truck. It comes. The guy's got one of those motorized little... Uh, uh, Jack, yep, yep. you know, that you, uh-huh. you just kind of scoot behind. And so we get the thing off and we try and we finally figure out where it can go. So because it's so heavy, it doesn't sink in the, 
unfinished driveway, which mm-hmm. is another another issue. <laughs> another story. Anyway, so this is going on, and the call is coming from Toronto, and I'm like, I need five more minutes, and I hang up. <laughs> then they call back. I'm like, I need three more minutes, and finally I get on the air. But they find they finally were doing the hit. Well, the other thing that had agitated me is the driver, super nice guy. Yeah. But he was a slow talker. <laughs> and I didn't have time for anybody to talk slowly. Right. I need to move this thing along, right? Yeah. And so, anyway, as we're going, he takes off, and the cable wires are going across the street because they're temporary. And his, the smokestack of his truck uh. caught the wire, and I could see it. And I'm like, but I can't yell because I'm on the radio. And I'm like, he must notice. And then all of a sudden, it was just like, if you've ever heard a guitar st- string break, yeah. it was just like, boom. Uh. And the, these wires come down. And so he gets out, and I'm like, guys, I got to go. They just, the UPS guy just pulled the wires off the, <laughs> he hung up. You know, right. off the pole. And so, like, I just hang up. So now we're out there, and the guy's like, oh, those are cable wires. Look, help me move them. I'm like, I'm not touching them. <laughs> and he goes, look, they're cable. I'm like, good. I'm glad you know they're cable. I don't. So I'm not picking anything up. So now we're in an uh, established neighborhood. We're building our house in yeah. the middle of it. Uh-huh. It's a mess. <laughs> I, I, like, I've apologized to my neighbors, like, who I don't even know. Yeah, I've apologized yeah. to them like 17 times. <laughs> so now I got to go across the street and knock on the guy's door who doesn't have cable anymore <laughs> right. because the cable thing popped off. Uh, yeah. And I'm, oh, so I apologize to him. I'm walking back. Cammy's called 911 because there's wires in our yard. Yeah. And sure enough, here comes the fire truck up the road. Sirens going. Oh, and I'm boy. Like, oh, man. And so people are looking out, and they look at it. They determine, yeah, it's, you know, it's safe. It's not a problem. We'll push it aside. Of course, one of the guys goes, hey, Ray, Canucks are playing pretty good. Hey, I'm like, oh, fantastic. <laughs> yes, now right. he, he knows who I am. He's yeah. probably like, what a knucklehead this right, guy right. <laughs> so, so anyways, that was yesterday. Today, oh, everything's all smooth. Oh, boy. And now you're in L.A., sunny SoCal. Good luck, Cammy. Right. Yeah, Cammy's. Uh, I'm. I'm in L.A. Apparently, it's really smoggy from the fires here. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but I mean, I got in. It's you know, it's late. It's ten thirty. You couldn't see anything. And, um, I we lived through this in Vancouver. This uh, well, through most of British Columbia this summer, uh, there were large fires in in the Okanagan and up in the Caribou, and which is up in a little bit more north of B.C. And the winds turned a certain direction, and for like three weeks. It was like we had a roof of smog, yeah, of smoke. Like you never saw the sun, right? And and the air quality was just was brutal. And so, man, I feel for these people here, and of course for the people that are in the fires that have had to evacuate. And, yeah, and it's yeah. just terrible stuff. Yeah, I've got a lot of friends that are close by. They're 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 not not so pumped right now for sure. So um, I'm talking to them quite a bit. Um, Hey, so um, all right, let's start with the Jets because I was just in Winnipeg. I went up, saw the Knights in Winnipeg play. Uh, Knights went up three-one and looking good, and then it was an offside review, and it, it truly was offside. Um, so the goal was called back, and the Jets scored uh, something, something with that call. Jets pumped three right away past the um, uh, legacy, and that was it. So uh, Jets won. And they kept winning. Now they lost tonight as we were, as we taped this. So Nashville won. Yeah. Nashville jumped them. But but Ray, Winnipeg Jets right now, like they're on fire. They're they're a very good team. I mean, uh, you know, uh, they, you know, just reading through the box scores and reading some of the comments. I didn't see the game, but apparently they didn't play very well tonight. And um, you know, Detroit after getting pumped ten one in yeah. Montreal beat them in Detroit five one. So, but when I look at the Jets, I mean they are—they're really deep. You know, they've got—they've got some twelve dangerous forwards. Um, nine of them can, I think, can score pretty regularly. They've got a, a kind of an energy line with uh, Brandon Tanev and Andrew Kopp mm-hmm. and uh, Adam Lowry, and so they kind of stumbled into that. And that line's really good. But then, you know, Liney's got his fourteenth tonight, and. Wheeler is uh, having a fabulous year. Mark Shifley is a beast. 
That kid yeah. is so good. Yeah. And, you know, they add Matthew Perot, who they can move around their lineup, and uh, Brian Little and Nick Ehlers. I mean, that's a, that's a yeah. great forward group. The key to them, though, is in the last couple of years, their goaltending has been no good. And Connor Hellebuck went, uh, uh, went to a new goaltending coach this year up in Kelowna, B.C. Uh, they worked a lot on the mechanics of the way you track a puck and the way you follow it, and they tightened up some of his movements, and um, he's been fantastic. Um, yep. You know, they signed Steve Mason to be like 1A and 1B, but Hellebuck's basically run with the ball. Uh, Mason's out right now with a concussion, and um, that's a really good team. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, they're not going to play as great as they have, I don't think, over the whole season, but it's a really good team. And um, they, can, they, can, they can and will scare a lot of people uh, over the course of the seasons. Man, I was watching Tyler Myers in the game against uh, Vegas, and obviously he's been hurt a lot, you know. Um, maybe he hasn't got quite back to the form he was when he broke into the league with the Sabres. But, like, you, you try to come down on the guy, Ray, and I, I guess it's playing against Shel Samuelson or whatever back in your day. Like, he's just got yeah. this stick. And just he takes a stride and he goes, chip. Off your stick. Chip off your stick well, like every single well, time. <laughs> like you come down on them. And, right. you know, like as you're – one of the things you're calculating in your brain as you're skating, and, mm-hmm. you know, you got about a third of a second or a half of a second to do it, is how much space do I have? How much space is that guy going to take? Yep. And, you know, you mentioned Shell Samuelson. There's Zidane Chara, There's Tyler Myers. Mm-hmm. Those guys take up so much space. Yeah. Like without even moving, they stand there, they get their stick out. And all of a sudden, you're out of room. Yep. Like, when you go, you know, you, go, you start to go around them, if you ever get outside them, and then they lie down, it's like going around a canoe. <laughs> right. Like, right. It's, it's like there's no end. To yeah. It. Now, Myers just played 11 games last year. Yeah. And so I think he's going to be better, to your point, Steve, in the second half of the year. Um, he was hurt. Um, he had some, you know, some issues with at home with, uh, with his family that – Fortunately, it's turned out well for them. Mm-hmm. And so that's 22 or 23 minutes that just disappeared on them last year. Yeah, just now he comes back. Um, you know, Jake Morrissey is taking, you know, takes another step. Jacob Trube is there. He's, of course, they got Dustin Bufflin. Oh, Buff. It's, Buff. It's a, <laughs> oh, I'm, see, like, I have, there's, I have so much uh, time for Buff. Yeah. Except every once in a while I watch him and I go, what is he doing? <laughs> like, like, why would he be there? Yeah. And I don't think he, I don't think he knows. Yeah. And so that, that little bit um, of erratic play is, you know, is a hindrance for him. But yeah. I think Winnipeg's defense is much better than people give it credit for. For sure. That's what uh, I was thinking. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, and so, and they can score. I, I mean, they're, they're full marks for where they are, um, even with the loss that they had uh, today. Yeah. Uh, Line A scored to make it 2-1. Jets were out playing them. I watched it. Jets were out playing them. Uh, it was looking good. Detroit got a goal that I thought could have gone either way on, on goalie interference, and uh, but they awarded it to them, and then that was kind of it. You know, kind of took off from there. They lost a little bit of their steam, kind of like Vegas in, in Winnipeg when I went, you know. But, um, well, yeah. The, there's so, you know, in each game, there's pro- in most cases, there's probably three to five minutes that can tip the game one way or the other. Yeah. And you just hope that over the course of the year that you're on the right side of the right. three to five minutes more times than not. Right. Um, okay, moving on from that, from the Jets, uh, not to the Leafs. So I'll stay away from there. I'll try to anyways. Good. Um, <laughs> you need to take a break. Oh, that. Let me tell yeah. you, <laughs> it's going well right now. Okay, so Buffalo and Arizona are by far the two worst teams. Uh, Arizona's 5-3, and uh, what are they? They're 5-3 and 2 in their last 10. They've kind of turned it around a little bit. I just watched them uh, get a point in Vegas here on Sunday. Um, mm-hmm. Played pretty well. Uh, and Wedgwood was fantastic. Uh, he played great. So a uh, nice story to see Wedgwood, uh, you know, finding a spot after all these years. But um, Buffalo is the other team, Ray. And okay, they won the night. They beat Colorado. They're two eight zero in their last ten, and it is a train wreck. I, the question I got for you though, Ray, is like, there's no chance they fire Phil Housley, or, or is there? Like, like we just saw, you know, we've seen coaches go 
quickly. But I can't imagine. Yeah, I don't. I don't see that, Steve. I just. I think they've got so much that they want to clean out of there before they even yeah. would ever consider the coach. You know, you got a first-year general manager in Jason Botterill, mm-hmm. uh, who came from Pittsburgh. You got a first-year coach in Phil Housley that came from Nashville. So while the the meetings and the interviews are to establish how each of them work and how can they work together, you still got to feel that out a little bit. Yeah. When I look at Buffalo, there is so many places that they're inadequate, and you can't. The problem becomes you can't just fix it overnight. They put they put um, Matt Molson on waivers. That was a terrible contract the second they signed it. Yep. And now they've, you know, it was, I think, $30 million over six years. And so they've got to, they're going to send, you know, they sent them to the miners so they can save a million dollars in cap space, which is only part of the solution. Um, the other part of it is that you can get some younger guys in. They've got to turn this team over, right? I mean, yeah. they paid, they're paying Jack Eichel $10 million in his extension next year. He's got seven goals in 27 games. Yep. Ryan O'Reilly, somehow, and I know this stat doesn't mean what it used to, mm-hmm. but he's minus 19. Right, right. In, in 27 games. Yeah, it means something and still. So yeah, that stat still means it something. Means, it it right. means something. I'm not sure what. He's, got, um, he's only got three goals five on five this year. Yeah. Like, he's too good a player. Sam Reinhardt's got five goals in 27 games. Like, they're, yep. they're a mess. And the problem is when you're such a gigantic mess, you don't know where to start. Oh. You know, like yeah. you, like where do you start? I'm I'm looking here right now, and they don't have a goal from a defenseman. They're 27 games into the season. <laughs> Nobody from the blue line has shot a puck in the net. I think they got one tonight. Let me see. Hold on. They might have got uh, one tonight. No, I thought no, I saw. They, no, they don't. Nope. Oh, okay. I no. thought I popped. That's why I saw zero, zero, zero. Right. Um, you know, and so it is really hard to believe that that they're you know with some of the draft picks that they've had. Yeah. That you know that they have not been able to cobble together something a little better. Their goaltending is a mess. Yeah. So you know, like, how do you how do you fix that? Well, look at look at the number of. Uh, look at the number of uh, teams that are kind of looking for um, for a goaltender, right? Like yeah, they, yeah. And so you know they've got Robin Leonard, who they you know when um, uh, Murray was the GM, Tim Murray, he traded a first round pick to Ottawa for him, and yeah. he's one thing we've seen: he's not a number one goalie. Chad Johnson stopping the puck eighty eight percent of the time. Like, yeah. if my point being that. You don't have enough hands to fix the mess, and so you got to focus in on one thing, yep. whatever they decide it is, and start chipping away at it. But there is no quick fix. That owner Terry Pagula has spent <laughs> buckets of money. <laughs> right. I I I would I would venture to say that he hasn't always spent it prudently, but they have they have spent a lot of money. They've tried to throw it at the problem. Um, they need a slow, methodical approach right now. You know what's going to happen. I can see it now. One of their best players this year is Evander Kane. He's a UFA. They're going to terribly yeah. overpay him for to stay. No, not. I think I think he'll be gone by the deadline. Oh, you do? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, because it, when you're a team like Buffalo, one player doesn't help you. Yeah. You know, if you turn that, if you can flip that over into more assets, then that helps right, you. Right. Um, you just see what the reason I say that is because you oftentimes see teams, bad teams, double down on on players that because someone's oh, yeah. got to score, you right? Like, you can't. Do no, that. no, you That's can't. Such no. a short-sighted yep. way to look at things. Oh, it is. But you know what I mean? Like teams often forget, like, like, hey, we're we're not a good team. This guy's scoring a lot, and it's like, well, someone's got to score the goals because someone's getting that ice time. But oftentimes they get tricked into thinking that that guy is better than what he is. You know, uh, it's an old, it's an old uh, hockey it, thing. But it, yeah, I think it's changed a bit. I think I think teams look at it a little bit differently than mm-hmm. you know than they used to. I mean, like everything's upside down though when you look at you know the yeah. way the league is now, the way that 
teams evaluate players the way the Metropolitan Division, Jersey's in first place, Columbus is in second, the Islanders are in third. Yeah. And you got Washington and <laughs> Pittsburgh and the Rangers. But everybody's within four points. The top three teams in the Pacific are Vancouver, Vegas, right? Like yeah. how how were how were they at the top? Yeah. Edmonton and Calgary aren't there. And I mean we're thirty games in. Like this 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 yeah, is good. Yeah, yeah we're good. Yeah. Like thirty games in. We're settled. <laughs> You're you're starting to look at things and go, wow, that's yeah. uh, that's pretty interesting because it's not, you know, like I, I didn't finish. It's L.A., Vegas, Vancouver, and Pacific. Yeah, and you're and I I am really surprised by a lot of the stuff that that's gone on. Right. A um, couple more things, and we'll take some Twitter questions for you. Paul Pocky podcast with uh, Ray Ferraro. Uh, interesting news for me, Ray. I, I love this kind of stuff, the business of the game a little bit. Interesting news this week. So uh, the city of Seattle uh, awarded Tim Laiwiki's group the right to uh, renovate the Key Arena where the Sonics used to play in Seattle. And they are going, you know, if you sort of read between the lines and read some things, they want an NHL team there. Uh, the NHL, of course, was disappointed to not get anybody from Seattle in the last bid that, that Vegas won. And, uh, the, of course, the NHL's answer is like, hey, it's years away. That's, that's what uh, I believe uh, Bill Daly told uh, uh, Pierre Lebrun or somebody. It's years away from expansion. The Seattle newspaper, the local paper, said in the coming months, the NHL looks to award Seattle a team. Uh, so there's that. Then Houston, Houston Rockets owner, uh, they got a new owner a little while ago, and he's interested in bringing yep. an NHL team down there. Of course, they've had a long history with the Arrows back in the day and a very successful uh, minor league team. And uh, and then we have Quebec, which we'll get to. But what do you know? What do you think, Seattle, Houston? What's anything you hear? Well, um, I mean, there's, there's a lot of stuff you hear. Talked to a couple guys in the last few days just, because you know there was momentum to this, mm-hmm. but what what you have to remember is that um, Seattle doesn't have a building yet. Mm-hmm. Houston does. Yep. Seattle would be prime for an expansion team. Houston seems more primed for a relocation. In my eyes, right. They need another team out west. Man, Seattle makes so much sense. But my, my question, Steve, has always been about Seattle. You have the Washington Huskies, which are a big deal mm-hmm. in Seattle. It's not like some random little college. Right, I right. mean, it's, yes. it's a big deal. Yep. The Seattle Sounders draw 40,000 fans a game. You've got the Mariners. Mm-hmm. You've got the Seahawks. You would think that a basketball team's not very far away. No, nope. You've got Hawks. And so, like, where do all the entertainment dollars come from? Like, where does that, like, th- that worries yeah. me a little bit. Um, they've, they've done a lot of this deal with private money, the Oak Valley Group, it mm-hmm. seems like. Um, Tim Laiwiki, you mentioned, is the, is the, the front man for it. Point now, I've man. known Tim yeah. since about 1995, and um, he's an absolute steamroller. Like, yeah. sometimes he... He crashes everything over behind him, but <laughs> right. he gets things done. Um, in Toronto, well, first of all, he was the you know he was out front of when I first saw the um, the mock up for what LA Live was going to look like around the Staples Center. Yep. Uh, we were playing for the Kings, and we were um, uh, we were at the owner Phil Anschutz Ranch. We had a few days off. This beautiful place in, in Den- just outside of Denver. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And they had this dinner, and then they pulled back this curtain, and there was this mock-up. And we were all like, you're going to put the arena down there? <laughs> like, nobody goes down there. Right, right. Well, look what L.A. Live has become. Yeah. He told us, and it was. In Toronto, um, they – you know, his legacy is, is the stadium that TFC plays in, mm-hmm. um, the MLS franchise. It's gorgeous. Now the CFL team plays in there. Yep. He hired Brendan Shanahan, yep. uh, whom hired Lou Lamarillo. Uh, like Wiki, you know, hires Shanahan, who hires Babcock. Like, yep. And then in L.A., he left in a messy sort of thing. In Toronto, he left in kind of like a messy sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Pops up in Seattle, and all of a sudden, it, like this – 
this building, you can't call it a renovation. I guess, I guess you can. Yeah. But it's $600 million. <laughs> right, right, yeah. You know, so yeah. I'm... Um, it looks beautiful, man. It makes sense on so many ways. And, of course, the NHL is going to say yeah. it's down the road. They've, they always say they're not looking at anything, and then they are. Yep. Um, but I think they just, you know, that's a, you know, so they don't, you know, get their nose out in the middle of traffic and get it run over. So yeah. they just kind of let it play out. Right. Um, yeah, they've, they've been on Seattle for a while, man. So that'll be interesting. Um, you know, I, I mean, yeah. Oh, I, I mean, it yeah. would be really, could you imagine, yeah. like, for a team like Vancouver? Oh, yeah. You know, there's a, like, what, it's a three-hour ride. It's like, what a what a rivalry mm-hmm. um, built in. And and then that whole West is is more balanced out. Yeah, it's all East. settled. Yep, yep, for sure. And uh, Houston, like I, like I said, long hockey tradition, and the owner's gung-ho. And apparently he met with, with Gary Bettman, you know, a few months back, so... I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, the previous that owner yeah. wanted previous owner. Sorry, Steve yeah. wanted nothing to do with the NHL. Yep, yep. So uh, same building, same everything, except new right. owner, and and the new owner has, you know, has the NHL in his sights, and he's got money, and mm-hmm. he wants to explore it. So they'll have to, you know. I, I'll be honest with you. I don't know what how they go about exploring where they decide to hand the teams to. But yeah, yeah. You know, you got you got to be careful that you don't end up in quagmires. They've got a couple of them that seem unsettled for a decade. Like you don't want to yep. do that. No, don't you feel like uh, you know how we all woke up and the Thrashers were moving to Winnipeg and literally nobody yep. had any any idea. You know, um, don't, yeah. you, don't you feel that we'll wake up and we'll see Hurricanes slash Coyotes are moving to Houston? Right? Just that'll ha- that'll just happen. Well, I mean, they can. I don't know how long the owners. Um, in either city can think it's a great idea to lose tens of millions of dollars. Yes. Like eventually, you know, you, you have to throw the towel in, I think. And, you know, Arizona is going to run out of places to tell everybody they've got a new spot to build a building. Yeah, I know. Huh? Be, because yeah. eventually it either is or it isn't going to get built. Yep. In Carolina, they've been talking to owners or potential owners, but yep. the hangup has been, you know, Peter Carmano wants to sell the team, but not, yeah, or sell a he, chunk of the team. Forty nine percent of the team, right? He wants, yeah, he wants yeah. to sell forty nine percent. That's not going to happen. No, so, no. you know, you're right. One of those two teams seems like no. it would be a decent idea. Um, now, if if um, Seattle comes in and Carolina, for example, were to move to Houston, then you got the same problem in reverse. Yep, yep. for the league. Yep. So it would seem Arizona would be more primed for that. And then, but yeah. but there's going to be you know that's that seems like miles down the road, but I hear what you're saying, Steve. Yeah. All of a yep. sudden, it's just done. Yeah. And then there's Quebec. That you know, look, the the, the Canadian teams drive the revenue. Uh, there's no doubt. There's the most interest in Canada. It, it, it's a huge, you know, in in, a, in an era where the owners and the partners are are the owners and players are partners. I don't understand. So are they? Well, I don't know. They're supposed to be. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want a partner like that. Put it that way. Uh, good point. But this Quebec, who has this building, went through the application process, is sitting there with its hand up, and there's nothing going on. And I don't understand why there isn't more of an uproar with the with the PA about hey. This is revenue. This is positive revenue right here. There's no drain on the system with Quebec uh, Nordiques going back. Well, in, the, the, the biggest, well, the biggest problem, or I think the biggest fear, is mm-hmm. that so Quebec, which you, you know, unless my numbers are off, is about six hundred thousand people. Yeah. And so the fear is you that Quebec gets awarded a team, and within a couple of years they're in the revenue sharing pile, like they're they're takers, not givers. Well, and the revenue size is a concern, or the uh, I'm sorry, the market size is a concern. Well, but I, would, I, I don't, I, I don't think there's any question about the passion, yeah, of of the fans and of the people, the appetite for the people to have it. But there's got to be enough people to to buy boxes. You know, there's got to be corporations that are going to buy them. Um, there's got to be enough people that are going to pay NHL ticket prices. And and uh, you know, Steve, I don't. I can't profess to say, oh, yeah, I get it, and they should or they shouldn't. I'm with you. It sounds great. Right? Like, yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. I hear it. And so, But they do seem like 
they're they're knocking on the door to get into the dance and they can't get in. The no. dance is already moving around. I would uh, I would point to Winnipeg, seven hundred and fifty thousand. You know, and and probably some more corporations. Apparently, Quebec doesn't have many much in corporate corporate yeah, support. And, but, and see, but that's a, yeah. that's a big issue for sure. Um, the, the taxes in Quebec are an issue, but the Montreal Canadiens are there. Why can't yeah. you know? Why can't it work? Like, yeah. but I I do. There is somewhat of a feel that I have is that Quebec is a lot like Kansas City. Great right. building. Right. I've been it this year. Beautiful building. Yep. Um, but it seems to be well back in the back burners. Yeah. But like I said, revenue, man. But I get it. Yeah, you're right. The PAs. Yeah. <laughs> but PA what can- if what if the revenue what if the revenue projections don't project out? Yeah, where I it guess. is a real positive for it, you know. And I mean, that's maybe I, I you and I, I'm I'm looking at our our math degrees, and well, there's none. There, no, there isn't. You're right. Uh, all right, let's get to some Twitter questions. Ray, did you see the photo of the colander that a, that I retweeted? A guy sent in. Hey, I'm telling you, you sh- <laughs> you should go to the colander restaurant if you have any reason. Yes, to be in the West Kootenays. The, the guy I'm telling you, you will not be disappointed. The guy on Twitter said it's not quite as popular as it used to be, to which you were probably really? were fuming mad at that. <laughs> disappointing. Our, our disappointing. Listen, our listeners are great, though. Thank you for sending that in, the photo of the colander. Um, oh, yeah. I'm telling you, what, one year they painted it, and we almost didn't know where to go. <laughs> oh, great. All right, so from uh, Brendan Cliff. Uh, hey, Ray, uh, Kopitar registered his 500th career assist. On Gabarek's 400th career goal, my friend are arguing who gets a game, who gets the puck from the play. Um, I would guess that Gabarek will get that puck um, because it's likely he won't get 500 goals, and Kopitar's got hundreds of assists left. Sure. Okay. Uh, that, that's that's yep. my guess. Um, um, the I don't think they'd cut it in half. I mean. I don't know. It's just a puck. Like, yeah. get another puck and you know another game puck and write four hundredth assist on it or or four yeah. five hundredth assist. Yeah. I think Gabrick will get the puck. I do have my four hundredth goal. It's got a game sheet. Nice. Um, uh, the puck is displayed. Um, it, it was kind of funny though. I don't know whoever you know. Like, so Gabrick's four hundredth goal is an assist from Andre Kopitar. Mine's on an assist from Tommy Callio and uh, Darcy Hordachuk. <laughs> Kind of different. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Were you on? Were you in the coach's bad books or what? Jesus. Yeah, um, I don't know what the hell I was doing on the ice with those two guys. Uh, uh, Tom, I got to tell you though, Tommy Callio, he was not a small ice player. Uh-huh. Man, was he talented? Yeah. He's a Finnish guy. Yeah. And an unreal guy. He was. Oh, he he was just he was an awesome yeah. guy. See, I only know the name of that guy. I couldn't tell you what number he was or what he did in the league. Or I just remember seeing his name, and and it's and you're like, no, no, the guy was Big super Tom. talented, like super nice. Yeah, yeah. number four, number fourteen. Yeah. Um, left shot, right winger, and uh, oh, I I just I I got a kick out of that kid. He was awesome. Uh, Lucas Hanashiro says uh, he listens from Brazil. And uh, he wants to know, what, what do you think, Ray, about uh, Drew Doughty and Eric Carlson's approach to 2019 free agency? And more so, maybe the comments that they both made uh, to the media uh, about their, their upcoming free agency. Well, you know what, Steve? Every time I hear Drew Doughty do an interview, mm-hmm. my first thought is, man, I wish he did more. Yeah. Like, the, the guy is, like, he's unfiltered. He just says mm-hmm. what he thinks. And so for both Carlson and Doughty to say, look, you know, market's the market, business yeah. is the business. Yep. And I don't think that's really a surprise or a shock to anybody. However, it's odd because somebody went out and said it. <laughs> right, right. Um, right. And, yeah, and yeah, yep. they're, not, they're not a couple of schmoes. I mean, these are two fabulous players. Uh, Carlson walked back his statements a little bit. I know, yeah. Um, um, and there's more at play there. In, in Carlson's case, um, you know, he married, just got married this uh, two years ago. Um, they're expecting a baby. His wife's from Ottawa. They're a pretty prominent family in Ottawa. There are ties there. But the owner has to be able to pay him what he's worth or yep. what the market is going to bear. And I'm assuming Eric Carlson's going to return 
to the Eric Carlson closer to last year than the one that doesn't have a point in nine games Yeah, right now. You know, like he's, he's coming back after this really significant ankle surgery, and it's, it's taking him a long time. So what if Eugene Melnick says, I can only pay you $7 million or $8 million? I mean, I'm just making yeah, 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 yeah. Like, what if he doesn't get to the level that Carlson can command on the open market? Well, he'd be a knucklehead not to explore that. Yeah, of course. And, but the best comment of the whole thing was Drew Doughty saying, yeah, well, we'd be making more than PK. Like, <laughs> even, if, even if you think that, nobody says no. it. And so when no. he says it, it's the best. Yeah. Like, I just, I, I, like when he came into Toronto and said, well, they don't have a Stanley Cup-ready defense yet. Yep. Well, really, what was wrong with that? Yep. I think everybody sort of goes, yeah, I see that. You know, that's what, we're, that's what people are talking about, but... He just goes ahead and says it. And and everybody's like, oh, well, he's slagging the defense. No, he's not. No, yeah. He said the same thing that all of us say when we walk around the hallways. Yep. No, it's great. I love it. And and I will never understand, you and I have discussed it a few times, if you want more money for the players and a bigger cap and everything else, I think these players should take the max that they can get. Connor McDavid, Sidney Crosby, take the max they can get. And then eventually – the owners, in their greed to build championship teams, will keep raising the cap, I think. You know what I mean? Well, I, I don't Steve, know. But, but, Steve, here's the thing, and, and I think this is really important for people to understand. The cap cannot be raised artificially. The ca- it is a yeah. flat-out math equation. Um, 50% of the hockey-related revenues go to the players. 50% go to the owners. So they can't raise the cap. The owners can't, the players can't, unless the numbers tell them they can't. Yeah. And that's why at the end of the year, you always hear, um, you know, Bettman say um, our projections are that the cap will raise. Well, until they get the final revenue numbers yeah. in, they, never quite know. They, they can't say. So if the cap, you know, the, the cap's going to get to a certain point, and then teams are going to, like, moths to light, they're going to, you know, they're going to, yeah, they'll the, go the right top right spenders are going to spend yeah. their money right, yeah. right up to the top. Well, who knows what that's going to be? And are you going to pay, so you pay Connor McDavid 12.5, you pay Leon Dreisaitl 8.5, you got a team that's got 24 points, and next year you're paying those two players $21 million. Then you need the goalie. Yep. Cam Talbot needs to be re signed. What's he going to make? You got Lucic at $7 million. So you're going to be over 35, you're going to be near yeah. 30, 33, 34 million for four players. I think, uh, yeah, I think at a CBA, you open a CBA up, you put a Larry Bird exemption in there, you, you, you put something, you know, to, to hey, help it hang out. Hang on. But, you know. Hang on. Well, I, I, don't, I don't mean to be a negative Nelly here. <laughs> what makes you think that the owners are going to agree to something like that? Because I, th- well, yes. That's unbelievable to think Look that. at history. Right. History tells us a little bit about the future. There is zero chance. Well, that's wrong. There is, <laughs> right. I'm going to mark this at 4% chance right. that something like that would be, that there would be a salary cap exemption for one player to be over mm-hmm. the cap by X percent. I'd, I'd love it. But right now. It'd be great. Yeah. I think because right now it's, to me, here right, you are. Here's your cap. Yeah, right now the owners sit back a little bit and go, and they they look at other sports and they look at hockey and they go, "This team first attitude is costing Crosby and Ovechkin and McDavid millions and millions of dollars because they want to, you know, build a competitive team around them." Ha 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 ha! We have them. You know what I mean? Where the Connor McDavid sells. Yeah, but that, yeah, but that yeah. doesn't matter. At the end of the day, as yeah. much as these guys want to win, they're not going to take on. No, water. I know. Yep. Um, you know, so I like the the exemption is really interesting. It would allow a, a large revenue team to spend over the cap mm-hmm. by X number of dollars. What do you think the trade off would be from the owners? Because you're, who you knows? Know, right. always, yeah, who knows? Good God, right? You know, there's a, <laughs> and so if they come back and say um, we're talking about guaranteed contracts, if the players even consider that, they're knuckleheads. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, let's uh, move on to the next one. Random, Ray's random NHLer. Here we go from James Bring. Alexander McGillney, what was he like to play against? 
Oh, see, that's not so random. Alex was a hell of a player. Like, yeah. uh, you got to remember when he started, he was scared to fly. Yeah. So he couldn't fly anywhere. They were driving him around, and somehow he got past that. But Al was uh, Al McGillney was a powerful skater, really good shooter. He could score. Oh yeah. Like he was he was a he was a dynamic scorer. Um, Seventy six one year, yeah. When, yeah. Like like when he was uh, uh, when he, when he was kind of just past the early part of his career, there was um, a time where he was like uh, a bit of an enigma. Mm-hmm. You know, like you just never really knew what you were going to get, and you know it, it was a shame because he was so good, right? Like yep. The one year there, you know, he scored almost a goal a game. He had 76 goals. Yep. And then three years later, he had 55 goals. But in the middle, <laughs> he won 32 and then about yeah. 30, well, 19 in, in the lockout year. But, like, he was a terrific player. And I, you he know was. what? I'm yep. looking at his stat here. And, Steve, just think of this. In 1992-93, he scored 76 goals. Eight years later, he scored forty-three. Yeah, like that is that is hard to do. How you about know, scoring seventy-six he, and you just tie for the league? League, you just tie. Yeah, you, know, you don't win. <laughs> no, you don't even win. But uh, when you think of this, so let's look at the guys that are in the Hall of Fame. And Alex McGillney has one thousand thirty-two points in nine hundred and ninety games. Oh yeah. Like, how come he's not? In the Hall of Fame. Yeah. No, I agree. He should be. He should be. Yeah. Point. You, you score over a point per game, and that many that many points. Uh, Flurry's the same way. I think Flurry's at one point zero three or something. Like. Yeah, real close yeah. to it. Yeah. And, and just like it's it's really astounding that he's just kind of been forgotten. Absolutely. I well, the end of his career. Remember, he went back to Jersey, and uh, yeah, something happened. Lou buried him in the minors for a while. Something like that. It was not and a great... Yeah, his last year back in Jersey. Like, I actually kind of forgot he was in Toronto for three years. Oh, That's, come on. You know? Uh, yeah, like, I don't know. They were no good then, he were was, they? Yeah, he went, they went, that's the Sundin Conference Final team. That's oh, yeah. The, oh, if I guess if I read the years here. Right. That's the that's the lose to, to Hurricanes team and lose to Sabres teams. Um, he was a great interview, too, by the way. He was really funny. He was great. He was a really funny interview. And he skipped the award ceremony when he won the Lady Bing. Didn't show up. <laughs> well, he was busy probably, right? Right. Right. Um, all right, we gotta we gotta wrap this up. Couple more questions. Uh from Big Dot seventeen. Ray, are the Islanders gonna get JT signed, John Tavares, or should I just burn all my Islanders gear right now? I wouldn't burn it yet, but I I the whole it it's so are such an odd thing because the whole deal is about the rink. He wants to stay. Just he wants a chance to stay, basically. But you can't blame him for saying to the owners, look, I can't sign if we're going to be in three different rinks before we get the new one, you know, the new yeah. one done. Yep. Right? So that's that is the answer. I think he wants to stay. I think he will stay. But I don't know why he would stay if this Belmont thing isn't at conclusion that, yes, it's the Islanders' new home. But just think. So say they award it tomorrow. Yeah, it's still going to be. You, you, know. can't, you, can't, you can't build a rink in 18 months. You know, like you're, you're two years out for sure. And, you know, by then he's going to be near 30 years old. So yes or no, does he sign? I think he will, but yeah. I don't say it with any great faith. Yeah, yeah. You're you're forty. You're fifty-five, forty-five. That he signs. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Here we are. We're back to math again. Yeah, we are. Uh, Mark Perot. Uh, yes or no? Straight from your heart, gut. Do the Oilers make the playoffs this year? No. All right. And last question is. Uh, I think they got too much time. Yeah. I, I still. I still think they can be okay, mm-hmm. but. You know, and I keep, I guess the other problem is I keep waiting for, like, Vegas to crash and Vancouver to crash, Mm -hmm. you know, because somebody's got to fall out of this mess for them to make, aside from 
they have to play really good hockey to you know to get themselves back. They're they're only six points out of the wild card. Yeah, they're yeah. only eight points out of third place. That doesn't seem like much, but. It must be a lot because nobody ever gets there. <laughs> very few anyways. Yes, very few. Yeah. Um, Montreal is back, though. I guess if they can, maybe the Oilers well, Montreal can. Lost, they lost today, right? So, yeah. You know, they're, um, but there they are. They're, they're back. And, you know, you win five or six in a row. I guess you can do it. I, but you made me go yes or no, so I picked yeah, no. Yeah. Um, did you watch the uh, Flames-Oilers game on Saturday? <laughs> That was well, uh, something else. I watched else. it to five one. Oh boy! And then you left. <laughs> well, you know, I had a lot of stuff going on. I'm like, well, this is over, and I get, you know, we got a lot of stuff to do, and yeah. so I look at it in the morning, and you know, when you look at something, <laughs> and you're certain you've looked at it wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm like, where did all those goals come from? Yeah. And then I looked at the at the highlights, and I'm like, oh, it was. Could have used. Dave. It was a shit show in their defensive end, man. And they were putting him in from all angles, everywhere. Yeah. We uh, we uh, used to joke that um, the goalie put his funnel on. Yeah. Even the, shot, even the shots that were going wide, he funneled them in. Yeah. Uh, here's a regular listener of our, of our podcast, uh, Christina McLean. She's a huge Senators fan. And, Ray, what is wrong with the Senators? It's really hard to watch. Give me some hope, please. <laughs> Jeez, I'd like to, Christina. I really would. Um, there's a number of things that are that I think um, are concerning. Last year, when you looked at the Senators, and they went, you know, and had basically kind of a magical year. When they lost Craig Anderson, they pick up Mike Condon for a fifth round draft choice. He plays 27 straight games. Like, yeah, how is that going to repeat itself? <laughs> Carlson was brilliant. Um, all of their stats were somewhere between 12 and 18. So they were a pretty average team, yet somehow they kept, you know, they tapped into something. And they won a lot of games, a lot of close games. They had some comebacks, but a lot of one-goal wins. This year, Anderson has had a, Craig Anderson's had a terrible start. They make the trade for Duchesne. He's got one goal in 11 games. Yep. Bobby Ryan's got one goal this year. I, heard, I saw that. I couldn't believe it. Times. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. You know, so, and I think all of those, you know, stats that went in their favor last year, they're just not this year. Yep. And, and so uh, they, you know, we talked about Edmonton and I said no, but, I still sort of kind of think they could get there. Mm-hmm. I'm not sensing that with Ottawa. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, the only way they can make it, in my opinion, is they're not going to make the wild cards, so they're going to have to catch Montreal. That third spot in the Atlantic, I think, is going to be up for grabs. Montreal's got 29. Boston's got 28. Um, Ottawa's got 24. Yeah. I mean, it's... Yep. It's, a, it's a tough road for them. But we'll see. they got three games in California this week and um, see what they can punch through with. All right. Well, perfect. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Appreciate it. Uh, always good stuff, Ray. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, people download it on, uh, on Paul Pocky uh, on iTunes and Stitcher and uh, Google, Google uh, Droid apps and all that. And uh, we really appreciate it. Send those questions into at Paul Pocky. Uh, don't send him to Ray. He's way too busy for that. I'm off to Pittsburgh. I think I'm going to try to catch the Pens game on Thursday. Uh, I forget who they're playing, but uh, I'm going to try to capture it, get, get there. I haven't seen the new arena. so uh, yeah. uh, It's beautiful. Yeah. It's a great rink. Seems like it. Uh, thanks again for listening, and thank you, Ray. Uh, appreciate it, and we'll talk soon. Yep, talk next week, everybody. Thanks for listening, and uh, have a great week. And uh, Let us know what you think, and any questions you want answered, make sure you fire them in.